everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I am here with Chelsea, and we are here this morning with Vanessa. Uh, We're so excited to have her with us here this morning. Vanessa, welcome. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into Deuteronomy? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. My name is Vanessa Rucker. I am on staff here at the Worship Center. I've been uh, on staff for seven years now. I am one of the facility uh, managers, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here this morning. Yeah, and today's reading is March 18th, so happy birthday, Vanessa. (laughs) This is your birthday. This is your birthday episode. Fancy. What a, what a gift, huh? Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Just wait till wait, wait, wait until you hear the reading. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So today we are starting off in Deuteronomy 21, beginning in verse 10. And guys, it's a doozy. It's a wild one. What, what's yes. the got to you today? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, this is one of those readings. It's like, oh, man. It's kind of interesting when you read the whole Bible. There's a lot of rules about some things that we probably don't like to talk about with our friends. This is, um, um, oh yeah. This so is stay like, tuned. This is like a PG-13 PG? episode. I don't know if this is PG. Yeah. When you get to the reading part, I think it is. It might be higher than yeah. PG, maybe. I mean, I probably wouldn't listen to this reading with my kids in my car. <laughs> so just a forewarning. There, there you go, forewarning. Yeah, exactly. if, you're, if you're like, oh, the kids are like, in put, the car. We have to put like, the expletive warning on our... On Explicit. Our, yeah. Par- yeah. Parental advisory. Yeah, absolutely. Little stamp go, in the corner. <laughs> cool. All right. So um, it's, it's a lot of rules, again. Um, it's a lot of pretty... You know, I mean, very specific rules that make you kind of say, like, wait, why is that necessary? I mean, like, honestly, there's rules about uh, castration situations. There's there's a lot of rules about just genitalia situations <laughs> in general. Your hygiene. <laughs> situations no. regarding genitalia. <laughs> also, I mean, there's there's passages about there's passages about rape and like what yeah the, like rape is serious to God yeah <laughs> which is good to know. I mean, again. As a woman reading the Bible, sometimes I'm just like, ah, <laughs> like I don't know what to do with it. Right. Um, but the Lord shows grace to women in lots of different ways. Absolutely. It, it is interesting. I don't know. I don't know much about like other cultures' laws at that time, but it does seem like God puts a lot of weight on the men. Like, hey, if you're doing this, you're gonna die. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's super unique at the time, but I would guess that it is. I would guess that there's a lot of cultures that aren't necessarily like as, you know, like I I think Chris talked about in the past that like women were not necessarily valued in these ancient cultures. And so for men to just take advantage of them wholesale was not necessarily like a taboo thing. It was just kind of life in general. So to see the situation where it's like, hey, if there is a man committing adultery, like the woman and the man must die. Right. Mm -hmm. I I think it is. In in some ways, it's kind of a weird grace situation where it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, God is is committed to making sure that women are protected. Absolutely. Yeah. And he keeps using that phrase like purge this evil from Israel. And like if you let it go, it becomes rampant. Yeah. Yeah. Like adultery and things like that. So. When we think about the initial creation of how God created man, he created man first, Mm -hmm. and he created man to be the leader of the family. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, these laws and these rules, it ties back to Genesis. It ties back to the beginning of the way God wanted things and desired things to be. But because of sin. Yeah. Here we are, castration. Yeah. Here we are. Oh, no. <laughs> this is where we ended up. Thankfully, it doesn't end here. 
<laughs> Amen. Thank God for Jesus. Stay tuned. Don't just like swoop in. It's like, I don't know. I listened on March 18th. I don't know yeah. if I want to listen yeah. again. <laughs> we just recently posted a video that's like, now's a great time to jump into the yeah, Bible. I, I have a like... lot of questions about that video, actually. It's like, really? Deuteronomy. That's the best place to start. <laughs> All right. But I, I mean, I agree with Vanessa that the Lord created man and woman as like these equal, um, like bearers of his image. And yeah. you see how the fall makes it not so that right. women are not equal to men anymore in this culture as far as like value goes. Mm-hmm. And, but you see through God's law that they do have value. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I underline, I put a little star next to it. It's, uh, I forget the chapter, it's verse... I think it's 23, verse 17. Uh, True justice must be given to foreigners living among you and orphans, and you must never accept a widow's garment as security for her debt. There is this consistent message, I think, from the beginning of the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament, that God is very concerned about widows, orphans, and foreigners. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, if, if you're paying attention to the the past couple of books that we've read, mm-hmm. God is consistently saying, like, you may not take advantage of foreigners. Like, you must take care of them. You must look after them. Even in situations where, I think it's in this reading, um, we made a lot of jokes about it after we were done reading it. So <laughs> I think it's in this one, though, it talks about how, like, even if you're in battle and you're taking prisoners, you may not, like, subject foreigners to, like, this horrible slavery. You're mm-hmm. not allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so God is consistently, I think, one, making his case to the nations through these people. Like, they are very unique, and mm-hmm. they're, they are – they're not always – they don't always actually do it, but they are commanded to be very gracious to the people around them. Right. Um, and two, I think, giving us uh, an example to live by today. Like, we're, we're not off the hook. It's not like, oh, we're not Deuteronomy people anymore. It's like, no, we, we are still expected to care for widows, orphans, and mm-hmm. foreigners. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, those are good things to look at in our own hearts and the way that we live our own lives. Like, yes. do we have deep compassion for those living among us that um, – you know, I think even – Specifically here in Lancaster County, I know not all of you are in Lancaster County, but specifically here, we have like one of the largest refugee refugee populations in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's actually very easy to be compassionate to foreigners living in a nation if it's on your heart and if it's something you want to be concerned yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great ways to be involved in that and continue being part of God's story today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, we are all like equal image bearers of God. It doesn't yeah. matter yeah. where you're right. coming from. It doesn't yeah. matter what your right. like, right. like political history is or what country you're fleeing. Mm-hmm. It does not take away any value that you have because you're made in God's image. Right. Yeah. I just, I see that over and over again. Yeah. It's, Thanks I, for bringing up that point, Ryan, because you know, when I, you said widows, orphans, and foreigners. Yeah. You know, and so I'm thinking in my head, you know, like, what's the correlation between those three groups? Mm. Because we see yeah. in the all throughout scriptures, God is very, very concerned about the treatment of this class of people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, widows, orphans, foreigners, these are three classes of people who fell into circumstances that they had no control over. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great point. Yeah. You know, orphans, your parents die. Yeah. Both parents die. That's that's out of someone's control. A widow, your your spouse dies. Yeah. You know, um, foreigners, your land is you know in war. You're yeah. forced into a, a unknown you're running land. Running away or something. You know, like that. so it's not like this thing where uh, he's protecting people who kind of have gotten themselves into a bad spot mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like, okay, listen, you know, they they can't help it. 
that they're in these space in these places in life, and we just really need to be attentive to, the, to them and also loving. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I also noticed kind of in the very first part of our reading, they talk about it talks about marrying a captive woman and. The one of the law concerning that is giving her a chance to mourn her family for a month before you marry her. So it's like an allowance to, yes, you can take captive women, you can marry them. But like God's looking out for the heart of this woman who's taken from her home. Absolutely. So cool. Absolutely. And then the other thing that stuck out was uh, the verse about curses anyone who hangs on a tree. And we see that again in the New Testament. In Galatians, Paul talks about it. And Mm -hmm. I think... Well, you had an interesting. Sorry, I just remember that you said that the cross was a person height, and I was. Oh. <laughs> Guys, we get into a lot of sidetracks. It's probably good that not all of them are out there for the whole world to hear, especially Absolutely. today. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, especially today. Um, but it's it talks about like this verse is kind of epitomizing the humiliation that Christ suffered. Like, curses anyone who hangs on a tree. Christ hung on a tree for us. Yeah. Um, that's like. Yeah, it's humiliation. And this is this is Deuteronomy. So this is another instance of like, this is one of the first books in God's whole story mm-hmm. written thousands of years before Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it is setting the groundwork for Jesus. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a very central verse. This is not yes. this is not necessarily one of those like open prophecies. It's like a Messiah right. is coming who will right. represent God to his people. Right. Uh, but this is a foundational thing to the experience of Jesus. And that when he's hanging on that tree, like People understand, oh, like this man is cursed. Yeah, right. And and I mean, and he is. He's taken on the wrath of of God that we deserve. Um, but he's also like in the ceremonial sense, people would have been very uncomfortable with this. Yeah, uh, it's why they wanted to take him down pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's um, oh my goodness, and I don't know what my other point was. <laughs> Why they chose to put him on a cross? Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. Chelsea. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you said foundational uh, book or scripture. Yeah. Uh, you referenced that, and I made a note here that the uh, Deuteronomy is a foundational um, book because it introduces, like you said, our savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and I went back to Deuteronomy six, five, and it says, uh, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's the foundation of who we are. Mm -hmm. And when we're able to do that, these laws, these rules, all of this stuff that we're saying, Oh my God, I cannot do. Mm -hmm. We can then do it because we rely on Jesus to help us. Right. You right. Know? And yeah, loving God with all your heart, soul, strength looks like this. It looks like, like this. Like yeah. God's telling you, this Absolutely. is how you do this. Right. Another way to right. see grace. Like he could have just been like, yeah, right. you got to love me and right. good luck. Right. <laughs> but we're thankful that Jesus came because right. there's no need anymore right. for yeah. castration. There's no need anymore yes, for, thank you, thank you, Lord. Uh, you know, marrying enslaved women. I mean, we, we still have right. areas in the world. We're yeah. not naive that this, these things are happening, but it's not like the, the norm, right. you know? And so, yeah, you yeah. know, Jesus called, uh, you know, Deuteronomy 6, 5, the greatest command mm-hmm. in Matthew 22. He mm-hmm. called it that. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that's, that's the foundation of all of this. Like we need to be able to love him with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. And when that happens, we transform into these people that are filled with grace and love and that we can do mighty and, you know, unexplainable things for God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a good way to end. <laughs> 
guys, thank you so much for listening today. And thanks, Vanessa, for joining us. We hope you're enjoying God's whole story and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Bye, guys. Deuteronomy 21, beginning in verse 10. Suppose you go out to war against your enemies and the Lord your God hands them over to you and you take some of them as captives. And suppose you see among the captives a beautiful woman and you are attracted to her and want to marry her. If this happens, you may take her to your home where she must shave her head and cut her nails and change the clothes she was wearing when she was captured. She will stay in your home, but let her mourn for her father and mother for a full month. Then you may marry her and you will be her husband and she will be your wife." But if you marry her and she does not please you, you must let her go free. You may not sell her or treat her as a slave, for you have humiliated her. Suppose a man has two wives, but he loves one and not the other, and both have given him sons. And suppose the firstborn son is the son of the wife he does not love. When the man divides his inheritance, he may not give the larger inheritance to his younger son, the son of the wife he loves, as if he were the firstborn son. He must recognize the rights of his oldest son, the son of the wife he does not love, by giving him a double portion. He is the first son of his father's virility, and the rights of the firstborn belong to him. Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother, even though they discipline him. In such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. The parents must say to the elders, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town must stone him to death. In this way you will purge this evil from among you, and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. If someone has committed a crime worthy of death and is executed and hung on a tree, the body must not remain hanging from the tree overnight. You must bury the body that same day, for anyone who is hung is cursed in the eyes of God. In this way, you will prevent the defilement of the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. If you see your neighbor's ox or sheep or goat wandering away, don't ignore your responsibility. Take it back to its owner. If its owner does not live nearby or you don't know who the owner is, take it to your place and keep it until the owner comes looking for it. Then you must return it. Do the same if you find your neighbor's donkey, clothing, or anything else your neighbor loses. Do not ignore your responsibility. If you see that your neighbor's donkey or ox has collapsed on the road, do not look the other way. Go and help your neighbor get back on its feet. A woman must not put on men's clothing, and a man must not wear women's clothing. Anyone who does this is detestable in the sight of the Lord your God. If you happen to find a bird's nest in a tree or on the ground, and there are young ones or eggs in it with a mother sitting in the nest, do not take the mother with the young. You may take the young, but let the mother go, so that you may prosper and live a long life. When you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof. That way you will not be considered guilty of murder if someone falls from the roof. You must not plant any other crop between the rows of your vineyard. If you do, you are forbidden to use either the grapes from the vineyard or the other crop. You must not plow with an ox and a donkey harnessed together. You must not wear clothing made of wool and linen woven together. You must put four tassels on the hem of the cloak with which you cover yourself on the front, back, and sides. Suppose a man marries a woman, but after sleeping with her, he turns against her and publicly accuses her of shameful conduct, saying, When I married this woman, I discovered she was not a virgin. Then the woman's father and mother must bring the proof of her virginity to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. Her father must say to them, I gave my daughter to this man to be his wife, and now he has turned against her. He has accused her of shameful conduct, saying, I discovered that your daughter was not a virgin, but here is the proof of my daughter's virginity. Then they must spread her her bed sheet before the elders. The elders must then take the man and punish him. They must also find him 100 pieces of silver, which he must pay to the woman's father, because he publicly accused a virgin of Israel of shameful conduct. The woman must then remain the man's wife, and he may never divorce her. 
Let's suppose the man's accusations are true and he can show that she was not a virgin. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home, and there the men of the town must stone her to death, for she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way you will purge this evil from among you. If a man is discovered committing adultery, both he and the woman must die. In this way you will purge Israel of such evil. Suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin who is engaged to be married, and he has sexual intercourse with her. If this happens within a town, you must take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. The woman is guilty because she did not scream for help. The man must die because he violated another man's wife. In this way you will purge this evil from among you. But if the man meets an engaged woman out in the country and he rapes her, then only the man must die. Do nothing to the young woman. She has committed no crime worthy of death. She is as innocent as a murder victim. Since the man raped her out in the country, it must be assumed that she screamed, but there is no one to rescue her. Suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin but is not engaged to be married. If they are discovered, he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver. Then he must marry the young woman because he violated her, and he, he may never divorce her as long as he lives." A man must not marry his father's former wife, for this would violate his father. If a man's testicles are crushed or his penis is cut off, he may not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. If a person is illegitimate by birth, neither he nor his descendants for ten generations may be admitted into the assembly of the, of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. These nations did not welcome you with food and water when you came out of Egypt. Instead, they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor and distant Aram Naram to curse you. But the Lord your God refused to listen to Balaam. He turned the intended curse into a blessing because the Lord your God loves you. As long as you live, you must never promote the welfare and prosperity of the Ammonites or Moabites. Do not detest the Edomites or the Egyptians because the Edomites are your relatives and you lived as foreigners among the Egyptians. The third generation of Edomites and Egyptians may enter the assembly of the Lord. When you go to war against your enemies, be sure to stay away from anything that is impure. Any man who becomes ceremonially defiled because of a nocturnal emission must leave the camp and stay away all day. Toward evening, he must bathe himself, and at sunset, he may return to camp. You must have a designated area outside the camp where you can go to relieve yourself. Each of you must have a spade as part of your equipment. Whenever you relieve yourself, dig a hole with a spade and cover the excrement. The camp must be holy, for the Lord your God moves around in your camp to protect you and defeat your enemies. He must not see any shameful thing among you, or he will turn away from you. If slaves should escape from their masters and take refuge with you, you must not hand them over to your masters. Let them live among you in any town they choose, and do not oppress them. No Israelite, whether man or woman, may become a temple prostitute. When you are bringing an offering to fulfill a vow, you must not bring to the house of the Lord any offering from the earnings of a prostitute, whether a man or a woman, for both are detestable to the Lord your God. Do not charge interest on the loans you make to a fellow Israelite, whether you loan money or food or anything else. You may charge interest to foreigners, but you may not charge interest to Israelites, so that the Lord your God may bless you in everything you do in the land you are about to enter and occupy." When you make a vow to the Lord your God, be prompt in fulfilling whatever you promised Him. For the Lord your God demands that you promptly fulfill all your vows, or you will be guilty of sin. However, it is not a sin to refrain from making a vow. But once you have voluntarily made a vow, be careful to fulfill your promise to the Lord your God. When you enter your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes, but when you must not, but you must not carry any away in a basket. And when you enter your neighbor's field of grain, you may pluck the heads of grain with your hand, but you must not harvest it with a sickle. 
Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him. Having discovered something wrong with her, he writes a document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house. When she leaves his house, she is free to marry another man. But if a second husband also turns against her, writes a document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away, or if he dies, the first husband may not marry her again, for she has been defiled. That would be detestable to the Lord." You must not bring guilt upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession. A newly married man must not be drafted into the army or given any other official responsibilities. He must be free to spend one year at home, bringing happiness to the wife he has married. It is wrong to take a set of millstones or even just the upper millstone as security for a loan, for the owner uses it to make a living. If anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. In all cases involving serious skin diseases, be careful to follow the instructions of the Levitical priests. Obey all the commands I have given them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam as you are coming out of Egypt. If you lend anything to your neighbor, do not enter his house to pick up the item he is giving as security. You must wait outside while he goes in and brings it out to you. If your neighbor is poor and gives you his cloak as security as a, for a loan, do not keep the cloak overnight. Return the cloak to its owner by sunset so he can stay warm through the night and bless you, and the Lord your God will account you as righteous. Never take advantage of poor and destitute laborers, whether they are fellow Israelites or foreigners living in your towns. You must pay them their wages each day before sunset because they are poor and are counting on it. If you don't, they might cry out to the Lord against you, and it would be counted against you as sin. Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes." True justice must be given to foreigners living among you and to orphans, and you must never accept a widow's garment as security for her debt. Always remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you from your slavery. That is why I have given you this command. When you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back to get it. Leave it for all the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. When you beat the olives from your olive trees, don't go over the bows twice. Leave the remaining olives for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't glean the vines after they are picked. Leave the remaining grapes for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That is why I am giving you this command. Suppose two people take a dispute to court and the judges declare that one is right and the other is wrong. If the person in the wrong is sentenced to be flogged, the judge must command him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with the number of lashes appropriate to the crime. But never give more than 40 lashes. More than 40 would, be, would publicly humiliate your neighbor. You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads on, out the grain. If two brothers are living together on the same property and one of them dies without a son, his widow may not be married to anyone from outside the family. Instead, her husband's brother should marry her and have intercourse with her to fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law. The first son she bears to him will be considered the son of a dead brother, so that his name will not be forgotten in Israel. But if the man refuses to marry his brother's widow, she must go to the town gate and say to the elders assembled there, My husband's brother refuses to preserve his brother's name in Israel. He refuses to fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law by marrying me. The elders of the town will then summon him and talk with him. If he still refuses and says, I don't want to marry her, the widow must walk over to him in the presence of the elders, pull his sandal from his foot, and spit in his face. Then she must declare, This is what happens to a man who refuses to provide his brother with children. Ever afterward in Israel, his family will be referred to as the family of the man whose sandal was pulled off. 
If two Israelite men get into a fight and the wife of one tries to rescue her husband by grabbing the testicles of the other man, you must cut off her hand. Show her no pity. You must use accurate scales when you weigh out merchandise, and you must use full and honest measures. Yes, always use honest weights and measures so that you may enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. All who cheat with dishonest weights and measures are detestable to the Lord your God. Never forget what the Amalekites did to you as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary, and they struck down those who were struggling behind. They had no fear of God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies in the land He is giving you as a special possession, you must destroy the Amalekites and erase their memory from under heaven. Never forget this. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.